This is Teacher Answers, a podcast that takes high school students' questions and answers them in the most no-nonsense way possible. My name is Sam Griffin, 27-year veteran teacher and examiner of the teenage brain. Come with me and explore why high school students do what they do. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first of many interviews with former students. These are the oranges that grow on the trees that you plant that take a long time for teachers to see. And, you know, there are a lot of students that I think I I figured it out once and I've taught over 5,000 students. If you talk about the college students I've taught and the high school students I've taught, it's about 5,000 or more than that now. But so many of them are, you know, as a, as a brain that you have, you can't remember all of them. So reaching out to these people and reconnecting with them is just an amazing experience. And, uh, like I said, I'm scheduling a lot of them, but this is the first one. Now, this is an easy one because I'm testing my audio equipment and stuff. So um, I happen to have the privilege of having my son Vince in uh, my high school classes, the vocational school. I taught him math and science, and uh, he was in the computer networking engineering technology program and went through a lot of, you know, classes two years and then got coveted out of, you know, the senior year during uh, last year uh, but he's at Akron U now and uh, I sat down with him well over zoom and recorded it so I thought you would hear it uh, you know and and also he kind of spreads now I'm not sitting here saying that the vocational school and vocational education um, isn't or I'm not, I'm not saying it's the only way to go okay I'm very pro vocational school because obviously I work at one um, but my son Vince is a very objective dude and you'll hear that when you listen to it he's a very smart kid and he thinks about this stuff and he's very pro vocational education and toward the end of the interview make sure you stay to the end because we kind of ramble at first but we, we get to the nuts and bolts of the vocational part we talk about the COVID thing and all that and what that's like in college so um but yeah I hope you enjoy this and this is my son Vince Griffin all right Vince Griffin how are you today, Akron, Akron University? Vince Griffin, how are you, dude? I'm perfectly fine. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. Um, so Good. did you guys get a lot of snow? Um, okay, so I can actually walk over and check outside. I, I'd say a fair little bit. You can see the ground occasionally, but for the most part, it is covered. All right. So I'd say. Tell, tell people... <laughs> Tell the people a little bit about what what you are studying and what your plan and goal is here at Akron U. My goal in Akron? Uh, okay. So, throughout my life, if you will, um, always been kind of into computers, always been into the creative side of things. Um, so, log- the logical following there is computer engineering, of course. So, that's what, that's what I'm studying here, computer engineering. Um, the goal is to get a bachelor's degree in computer engineering with co-op. The University of Akron is kind of known for not only its engineering programs, but also it's, um, it's co-op with those degrees. So instead of a four-year degree, it's a five-year degree with, uh, three semesters of a co-op, like integrated into your degree plan. So... That is the goal 
at the University of Akron for uh, Vincent Griffin. So right now, at least. this is where you would go out and uh, work <clears throat> work in the field. You know, they would find you some job somewhere in the computer engineering. Yeah. So there, for that at least, I've spoken to a couple of people about this. There's for computer engineering, it's a little bit rough because there's not quite as many companies as some other as some other degrees, I guess. So there's there's around I think it's five or seven computer companies for computer engineering. That and then those are all varying degrees of pay, varying degrees of paid living, everything like that. Mm-hmm. What's the what's the hardest class you're taking right now? Oh, right now. Um, I'm I'm taking Calc two, but I'm gonna honestly say physics. Okay. Because I guess I guess I calculus just like so long as I can find a couple of the right YouTube videos that can just explain it, explain the concept of what we're doing correctly. Usually I can get it down, but physics is just like oh my lord it's it's like critical thinking disguised as a math subject yeah i remember you it, sent me that message ever. oh my gosh it's, yeah. it's completely ridiculous yeah it's like high level stuff it's good yeah it's uh now that is not what my brain was designed for yeah people probably want to know because a lot of colleges are doing this differently so tell people like what your classes are like 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 what ones are in person and what ones are you know taught remotely or whatever how's that what's that like okay so there's so we'll talk about my first semester first i mean makes sense so for the first semester the only in-person thing that i had was three chem labs that was that's completely it there was nothing else Mm -hmm. um which is kind of weird because you would think well, only of three chem labs, there's like 14 chem lab assignments. So, you know, only three of them in person, the rest of them were online. And the way that that would work is you would essentially watch a video of the person doing the lab. And then you would take whatever numbers that they got in the video and they would display the numbers and everything. And then you would just fill in a chart and show your calculations and everything. And that was it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of boring, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, granted, I actually kind of thrived from that format because I learned very quickly that being in a laboratory setting like that, where there's an extremely limited amount of time and, you know, things that you, you know, can't drop and stuff, the stress kind of gets to me a little bit. But that's, I guess, I, I assume most everyone experienced that. Yeah. Um, it wasn't to any like restricting degree. It was just kind of a generally unpleasant feeling of stress. Um, yeah, so that was that was my only in-person thing last semester. Um, and then a bunch of other classes, like I took an asynchronous, which means that there isn't any set time to like meet for the class. Um, uh, calculus one which is a bad class to take asynchronously. Sadly, that was not the choice of any of the teachers that were teaching it. I don't think there was a synchronous Calc 1 class. There may have been like one or two out of like 12. So that was really bad. Um, 
And then I had two other classes that very interestingly were asynchronous. And then they had the scheduled times that would have been like the in-person lecture section. Um, they had those as dedicated question sessions, which is how um, my classes are now. I have a synchronous, which will a space synchronous, sorry, um, course for Calc 2, which is where we meet at a set time and the lectures are over a video call. And then I have a couple of other classes that are like that where they're synchronous. But you do this and in a your dorm room. Other this is done in your dorm yes. room? Okay. okay. Yes. This is inside of the Ritchie Hall, you know, mm-hmm. the the dorm building I'm in and stuff. Right. So it's, there's, there's three separate, well, four, I guess, which is in-person, synchronous, asynchronous, and then there's the, like, asynchronous with the help session. That's, that's essentially what was what we've got going on for the formats if you will okay and one more time could you explain the difference between asynchronous and synchronous yes sorry um synchronous is where you have a set time that the class meets Mm -hmm. similar to how you would have an in-person class and there would be a time that you would meet right like say like my calc 2 class is 2 to 250 on Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. So instead of going there in person, I just log on to a video call. Mm-hmm. Asynchronous is where you and the instructor do not interact outside of like office hours or a specific request. Right. It's just the class is sometimes uploaded, sometimes it's uploaded weekly, and you just do the work for it as you Got go. You. Okay. All right. So you. You know, you're such a social person. <laughs> you are extroverted. And you, you know, is this killing you? Um, I, I don't know. With, with, with the whole extroverted introverted thing, it's, I've, I've kind of been trying to find, um, like what makes me tick in that sense. Um, from what I've read, I guess extroverted people kind of get their energy from people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like they kind of recharge with people. They don't like being alone. Right. Introverted people recharge from being with themselves. Right. They don't like being with people necessarily. Now that's not to say that they don't like people. Right. That's just to say that they, you know, kind of recharge their batteries independently of people. Um, little did I know there's something in between that. Mm-hmm called an omnivert which is where you can kind of do both yeah where you kind of enjoy your alone time but you also don't really mind being with people is this actually a term this is a term (laughs) or at least according to my leadership class which was we had a section on like understanding different types of personalities gotcha and they said that some some personality types are omniverted Mm -hmm. and i was like well what the heck does that even mean yeah i think i get that well it's like yeah and I think that's more accurate to me because okay. I, I definitely like my alone time, but I don't really mind hanging out with people. It's definitely not something I hate for sure. Well, this is probably going to be going back more to a normal thing here at some point. Hopefully oh, in the boy. fall. Let's, yeah. Um, yeah. Just not, you know, not That'd interacting be... with teachers has got to be really hard in college. I mean, thank goodness for YouTube, right? Yeah. 
Where was that at in the 90s? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, so, okay. So, I've had a handful of YouTube. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. I was just looking at my thing. So, limitations and stuff as far as dorm life goes, you know, the rules, they're, they're pretty strict about that, right? Uh, so, there have been a couple kind of farts. I guess little little weird discontinuities if we're going to use a term from calculus. Um, that is where two two policies do not necessarily make sense together. Um, they had now they are continuous, if you will, but before they were not. Um, in the fall semester, there was a period where the Summit County, which is where uh, the University of Akron is, um, went purple which is like a severe COVID warning, yeah. like stay inside, like don't go outside, stuff like that. Um, and they had where you were not allowed to have other people into your dorms. Like you weren't allowed to sign people who were outside of the university, people who were University of Akron students, people who lived in other dorms. You were not allowed to have them into your dorm. But you could go, you could go and sit down and have dinner with three of your friends at a four-person table in either the student union or the Rob, or um, Robs, which is the two dining accommodations on campus. Right. So there was a little bit of a weird, weird thing where you know you could you could we weren't allowed to give people COVID in your dorm, but you were allowed to go give COVID over dinner, mm-hmm. which was kind of funky. But <laughs> luckily this semester they've they've got it sorted out, and much to my much to my satisfaction. I guess because that was very kind of weird to um, deal with. Um, How did they sort it out? Uh, yes, thank you. Um, they made it so that you were allowed to have one person over that is a resident at the University of Akron. Mm-hmm. So, like, they live in a residence hall, which makes sense because you all use the same dining hall, you all use the same bathroom in the student union. You know, I mean, granted, those are sanitized, like four times a day, mm-hmm. which is great. They do a really good job of cleaning. There is like each building has its own like janitor that comes through like twice a day mm-hmm. and just scrubs everything down, which is great. They're like um, in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but they, you can only have one, you know, university of Akron person that lives in a residence hall and you can only sit down and eat with one other person. So you are at least allowed to, I mean, say you had a friend that lived in a different building, you are at least allowed to see them. And if you have someone that doesn't live on campus, then, I mean, they probably have a house outside of campus, so you can go see them. I have friends with both, so I can go see my friend that doesn't live on campus. And I have other friends in the dorm halls, so I can have them come over. I mean, granted, one at a time, but still, mm-hmm. I can see them, of course, which is great. Um but yeah, so they, they got that policy fixed, and I like how they're doing that now. It's definitely makes sense, I guess, compared to the fall semester. So putting putting eight people in a dorm room watching a football game is just not happening. Um, or not supposed to happen. <laughs> uh, not supposed to happen, that's for sure. Um, I I know people generally like generally have masks on when they're doing that type of thing mm-hmm. i mean some i mean it's behind a door so you don't know mm-hmm. but generally in an environment i mean 
I, I would assume that that's probably still happening. I don't know. I mean, I hope not, but I guess you accept the risks of doing that. Right. Because, um, like, I know at least now I've kind of had a bit of a, you know, epitome where I do not want to get COVID because that means I have to leave my space and move all my stuff to a different dorm room. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm like taking a mask when I go to brush my teeth at 12 at night. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I'm just not taking any chances at all. And you know, you're supposed to have a mask on when you leave your room anyway. Yeah. So I know there are some people who do and don't. Um, but I mean, that's, just something that happens, I guess. Okay. Um, before we leave here, I want to talk about your high school experience. Um, you've, you and I have talked many times going back and forth, you know, to Akron and stuff like that about, um, vocational education and that kind of stuff. Would you, do you want to talk a little bit about the pros of that? Okay. Um, let me, uh, hmm, how do I want to word this? Um, yes. <laughs> if you have the option to go to a vocational school, I would highly recommend it. Now, of course, it depends on what you want to do because I had what I wanted to do figured out when I was in eighth grade, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a result of just like pressure from, you know, staff of like what do you want to be when you grow up which is a terrible question to ask someone right by the way because they don't know the answer to that yeah. especially people who haven't like had the opportunity to experiment with that right so um like i, I mean i asked myself that question a lot and you know you and i built a computer or two mm-hmm. and i just became fascinated with that stuff and then started watching youtube videos on it and all of a sudden I found myself Googling how in the world an RTX whatever 30 series is out right now, you know, just Googling like how in the world that stuff is made. And just that process is amazing to me. And I wanted to learn more about it. So, you know, in eighth grade, I knew that uh, just, just from just looking around and, you know, some kids don't get that opportunity. And they go through high school not knowing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So not only does a, I mean, it just sounds like I'm sponsored by something, but I'm, I'm being genuine and I'm being serious when I say this. Mm-hmm. A career tech school offers you to like go, like say you were interested in cosmetology. I know Mideast had a really good cosmetology program. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go take a cosmetology course and learn from a, you know, someone who's certified in the field of cosmetology mm-hmm. um, for like a tenth of the price of one semester of college, mm-hmm. right? You could get a essentially college level experience at a tenth of the price. And I don't even like that is how could anyone pass that up ever? Right. And here's the exception. It's people who want to take college courses during their high school time. Because I know some people who had the choice between career tech school and like, uh, I know a community college around the same state had a, a program for high schoolers where it essentially just 
they took college classes instead of high school classes right. and graduated high school with an, a, um, what's the thing you get from high school called? A diploma. Yes. Right. Um, a high school diploma. Yes. And then, <laughs> um, and then an associate's degree in whatever field that was, whether it was psychology or, you know, mechanical engineering or something like that. And then, you know, usually from there you would go to college. Mm-hmm. So those are the only exceptions. But other than that, I mean, career tech schools, you're still getting your high school education on top of whatever extra knowledge. It's like it's like stuff that you could do in your free time, but instead you're getting not only high school credit, but you're also being certified by it. Mm-hmm. And you have help from, I mean, someone who's worked in the field for sometimes 20 years. I mean, which is a lot so it's just if you're interested in college or something like that it's a great way to solve a problem of uncertainty about what you want to do or get a head start which is what i did i went into a computer networking and electronic technology program which helped me further solve that i didn't really want to go into networking which is a a computer-ish field Mm -hmm. i mean of course it is um, but it made me realize that I wanted to build these things because I found that I just in general loved the hands-on aspect of circuits, which is, you know, something that you don't usually get access to in a high school. So as, as, um, as they said, it's just, it's opportunity. And by not going to a career tech school and just taking regular high school classes, you're almost denying yourself an opportunity, which if you're looking at your future is just objectively bad, right? I mean, there's almost no reason not to, unless, like I said, those other two circumstances. So I guess for me, it was almost a no brainer. I am, if you couldn't tell I'm for vocational education, I mean, I got a heck of a lot out of it and I have absolutely zero regrets about it. Right. All right. Well, probably most a lot of me talking. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was interviewing you. <laughs> probably right, a lot of those uh, a lot of those teachers that you are referring to will be listening to this. Um, so, yeah, I I hope they do because I I mean I love all of them. They they set me on a really good path. Most of most everything that I've been taught I've used. Mm-hmm. Like Miss Bartonslaw's chemistry, I used every single thing that I learned in that class mm-hmm. in chemistry one, mm-hmm. there was a couple things that she didn't quite cover, but I mean, what can you do? Mm-hmm. Like you're only, you're only limited to so much time. College takes time and makes it so time isn't a factor. I mean, you either come with them or you get tripped over. Right. Like high school kind of takes it slow and sort of goes through ideas, especially the teachers at mid East going from that quality of explanation and thoroughness of like making sure you understand stuff and providing, you know, countless examples, all that stuff. And going from that nice, slow, easy pace of just being able to understand and digest everything fully to college was a a bit of a a contrast, (laughs) if you will. Um, But, you know, it was definitely very good preparation 
And another thing I should say is in the career tech program that I was in, I would say I have used most most everything that I've learned in there. Like I have referred, like my my um, I'm 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 sorry, I'm pointing over to my book bag that has my binder from my career tech class in it. I've referred to those notes multiple times mm-hmm. of just like stuff that was just. I mean, flat out explained better by Mr. Dudas. I guess it was just in a format that I understand better. That's not anything against the professors at the University of Akron, but it was just referring back to stuff that I had already known from, you know, that course, which is, you know, something that you don't get from high school. Right. Well, that's awesome. I'm sure they'll, they'll, yeah. be, they'll love to hear that stuff. All right, man. Um, yeah. Well, you stay stay healthy and positive and you know proud of you dude well i think it'd be better if i stayed negative if you catch my drift there <laughs> i didn't for, but for yeah. covid yeah that's fine here i'll give you one of these yeah i got it okay. ah. i'm telling you when you hear that it'll sound fantastic all right man uh oh, yeah. have a great day and uh i'll see you later You have been listening to Teacher Answers. If you would like to submit a question, drop me an email at teacheranswers at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail on the Anchor podcast site, anchor.fm slash teacheranswers.